We're going to advocate for something that may not have necessarily been in their plan, but if we feel pretty strongly that this would really help either this particular project or their video marketing plan, just throwing it out there and talking about it and seeing what the client thinks about it. In general, helping solve problems. From Myriad Media, a show that explores the audience, business, and creative sides of developing video campaigns. Hi everyone, I'm Jeremy Wingle, and on today's episode, I sit down with Myriad's executive producer, Chris Young. We discuss the role of producer as client and agency advocate. Let's jump right in. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about your background, how you ended up here on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I started out in school of design, or I was trying to get into the school of design. I applied thrice and then just decided, oh, I'll just be an engineer, you know, because I couldn't get that, into the school That's of the design. easier route? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I was, I was going to be an engineer because all my friends are doing it, you know. Makes sense. And um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be like – from the time that I was like six years old to probably in my teens, I wanted to be a disc jockey. Like I wanted to be on the radio and spin records. Which That's I, coming back now, yeah, apparently. So yeah. maybe you should have seen that through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all I wanted to do is listen to music all day. And so I thought when I started kind of thinking about what it is that I wanted to do, I was maybe I was getting back to that mode of like, oh, like I. I still have interest in that. And so I was looking around for classes. I was thinking about transferring to UNC for their uh, radio program. I was at NC State and uh, got into some of those production classes and just fell in love very quickly with the audio and video production classes. Cool. And um, graduated with with uh, decent grades actually <laughs> um and i my wife and I, I actually got married in college and we moved to nashville for her job and i got a job out there in nashville like probably one of the biggest production companies in tennessee at the time and worked as a production assistant and learned a ton uh we were doing some pretty extensive productions with lots of celebrity entertainers and stuff which was pretty cool and i got to be on a few pretty big productions cool and uh, what we, type of work was that it was commercial work mostly we did advertising spots and some higher end industrials awesome it was a variety of similar it was similar to the work that we do here now at myriad but um and, and this company was uh this company kind of really blossomed in the early 90s before I started working there as the as country music videos were like really taking off so this was the, in the days of like when Garth Brooks really hit it big and Alan Jackson and all those kind of like new country stars yeah um and they did all those music videos back then that's cool so they and they that's kind of where they got their success but then they they moved into like commercial production and stuff too cool so it was it was a very good experience, and like I said, I learned a ton. the The people there were kind of hit and miss, but there was some very talented people there. But we decided to move back to Raleigh just to be closer to family, and I got a job here at Myriad. Oh wow! And um, I was I was an intern for about six months, and then kind of got a job full time as uh, associate producer. And 
that meant that I was doing all kinds of stuff, basically. I was shooting stuff. I was uh, making VHS dubs <laughs> and DVDs. Also when, when coming back now. These. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then we got into, you know, I, I was ma- lightly managing very simple projects like live events and stuff mm. like that. We do, I was running audio, audio tech, and I'd grip and shoot and um i'd help tony with some edits here and there and then i really started getting into editing and post-production and post-producing stuff so i I started editing i edited for probably five years and was kind of the lead editor and then just working through and started more post-producing heavier post-producing i was still managing projects as a producer, but they were usually simplistic, fairly, fairly simplistic. We didn't have, we weren't doing a ton of creative. Uh, and then we got an account with IBM that was pretty significant. And I was basically managing all that work, which was, that was probably in 2010. And, um, uh, that's kind of where it, 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 that's where our business in general started to really, uh, grow up and we got busier and busier we started hiring people so we went from like a a six-person company at that point to 15 or 16 people pretty quickly and um we realized that um over uh, through a couple of years we realized that um we had we hired a couple of producers but we had no manager of those producers and didn't have anybody to make decisions about what projects we were going to take on and who was going to be working on them and uh, just managing our process and kind of consistent point for budget making. And um, and so I, I pushed it to this is something that we need. We need someone to kind need of oversee manager all of managers. This. Yeah. And so um, that's, that's when – that was probably about four years ago now. And um, three or four years ago. And so that's kind of how – that's a long story. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's all right. That's that that gives a lot of context, yeah. I think, in terms of you kind of saw all the parts of the process as a production assistant. You moved into editing. You started managing smaller projects. Started managing bigger projects. Suddenly, the company starts taking off and growing. I think that's a a really good summary. And it's interesting to me that you, in a lot of ways, probably created the role of the producer. Uh, at Myriad and and helped to craft it and shaped it as as the company grew. So let's talk a little bit about your role now as the executive producer. You'd mentioned that you manage the project managers. So what what is what does that role look like for you today? Now I think the my role it, it's a it's evolved and it's evolving. It's and our company in general is always evolving, but um, every day it changes a little bit. But I think right now the role of uh, my role as executive producer is to really ensure that a couple of things that we have an, a really smooth transition from the client's perspective between the sales process and production that we um, educate our clients and and set set them up for success and so just making sure that. They have um, understanding of, of our process, um, and we set expectations uh, appropriately for each project, um, and 
and then I, I determine what the teams are for each project and making sure that we've got the capacity to do that project and then you know who specifically is going to be working on that project from who who's going to be our producer for the project who are going to be our lead creatives for the project and and even who might be editing and handling other aspects of of work um and typically give advice for almost every role um and then uh also i help uh, make sure that budgets and, and um, statements of work are created and approved and uh, make sure that our our spends on projects are in line with what we need to do for that project. Um, so uh, just making sure that we're being good stewards of our budgets and for, for both the client and for Myriad as a business. Yeah. So you you get everything kind of transitioned from sales to production, and then is is that typically when the the producer of the project is brought in, and and how how does that transition normally occur? How do you kind of get projects kicked off into the production phase? I'm trying to figure out who the best producer is for the project before we win the project. Um, and, and in most cases, that producer is helping me um, formulate bid options and uh, making sure that we have um, an appropriate schedule for uh, the project. So um, at, at least a tentative schedule for the project and how it, it might work out. I want the producer to lean and own most of those most of the information and, and those decisions, but I'm um, trying to give as much guidance and, and input as as I see fit uh, to, to help make, just to make sure that we're satisfying the needs of the client. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about the role of that individual producer then. What does, what are some of the key characteristics that you look for when you're, when you're interviewing a, a new producer or, or looking to, to make a new hire? Yeah, I think, um, First and foremost, you have to be organized. You typically need to be a little bit more analytical um, and and logistical um, uh, in plotting your resources and so forth. Um, so um, we we've had in the past we've had melds of producer slash directors or producer slash creatives, and that can work fine. Um, but typically when we, especially as you get into medium and larger size projects, we like to break those roles up so that the producer is, is handling more of the, um, the financial, uh, side of the projects, the schedule side of the projects, a lot of the, the, the data, the, like the, the times and dates and so forth. Um, and so just having kind of that analytical mindset really helps. There's a lot of spreadsheets. Uh, <laughs> one thing about the producer at Myriad is you're playing advocate for both sides. You want to make sure that you fully understand what the client's goals are so that you can make sure that the creative team is servicing those goals. Um, but you also want to advocate for the creatives. And the goal, one of the, the biggest goals of the, of the producer is to eliminate roadblocks, to, to make sure that the creatives have as much runway, as much flexibility, as much information that they can to do their best work. 
So it's you have to kind of play both those roles, advocates for creatives, advocates for the client. So they serve as kind of the liaison between the the two sides, so to speak. Not that we want to think about it in that way, but um, they sort of run interference and and remove roadblocks. That's that's a great phrase. Can you give us some examples of ways that a producer might do that? First and foremost is setting the project up expectation-wise from the beginning, uh, making sure that we have a great understanding of what what it is that the client needs, what their time frame, their con- time constraints are, what their budget constraints are, uh, making sure that they understand what it is that we're able to give them in that and those under those constraints, and then make you know, basically um, setting the, the the creatives up in the exact same way. What it is that we can, what is it that we need to do in this time frame. And this is what we need to do. But this is what we have to work with in terms of resources. Um, and then just, you know, the schedule is extremely important. Always uh, keeping that updated and uh, making sure that creatives have blocks of time to work consistently uh, and and um, efficiently. So <clears throat> we always talk about, about change over penalties, and that's, that's what happens when you only have one or two hours to work on something and then you're getting pulled into a meeting or something or some other uh, non-related task and uh, there's a changeover penalty in between tasks. You literally lose like 15, 20, 30 minutes uh, just with because of the, the brain's inability to kind of switch from thought to thought. Um, and so we want to make sure that our creatives have like at least like half day blocks to work on something consistently. So that's, we, we try to, the producer is always trying to, to schedule those blocks of time like that. So they're, they're protecting and, and blocking distractions out of the creative, uh, office, it seems. Yeah. Which is extremely difficult, but, um, that's what we strive for. Yeah. Cool. So I, I want to come back to something. You had mentioned that for some projects, a uh, director slash producer or a director slash creative um, used to be kind of the way that we did things or for particular projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like I've been hearing that out, out there in the market that that's happening uh, frequently where people will hire a, a freelance kind of jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about what some of the drawbacks of that might be? Yeah, I think um, there can be a few. Typically, a, a freelancer is going to work as much as they can uh, because there's no guarantee of work. Um, there's no, um, you know, they're, they're they're paying their own insurance. They're, you know, doing all those things that any other freelancer would do. Um, and so a lot of times they wind up taking on as much work as they possibly can. And... Managing that workload can sometimes be difficult, and so they are sometimes in both those mindsets frequently and can even, in the middle of a client's project, have to think and or do something in regards to another client's project. Um, and so uh, 
just they they tend to get spread thin quickly, um, and they're, it's difficult for them to prioritize uh, different projects. And so, especially if they're playing the role of producer again, a, a more analytical role and creative or director, just those mindsets in general, again, are, are kind of difficult to, to move from one to the other easily. You have to be in, in a proper headspace. So it's a challenge uh, and it's it's difficult and, and sometimes doesn't elicit the best work. So um, that's probably one of the biggest drawbacks. And the fact that they're, because they're trying to do all these different trades, essentially, or, or different skills, um, they're typically just not as there's no speciali- specialization in, in one skill. So the work has a tendency to be a little bit more bland, <laughs> a little less uh, focused and yeah. expert driven. Yeah, it's just not it's just not as good. Um, yeah. So we, when you get someone that that does that one thing every day um, and is in the right mindset every day that that their work is going to be much stronger as opposed to just, you know, having to think about everything. Sure. So that changeover penalty happening for the role of the producer as mm-hmm. well. Exactly. Yeah. So it seems like there's kind of two clear differences in, in mindset required for each of those roles. And it sounds like your job is to keep people in the right lane uh, to service the project best. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else that might be a drawback to hiring that that freelance producer? Yeah, I think um, typically um, a freelance producer just isn't going to be as flexible um, with their time. Kind of going back to that point, if they're on a shoot, for instance, for another client, they don't have backup really to help them with – the project, the other project that they need to keep that other project moving along in some fashion. Um, they don't, they may not have as many resources available to them, um, for certain aspects of, uh, the project, whether that's in production or post, you know, typically a freelance producer is only going to handle a certain portion they're going to handle like the production portion. Mm. And then instances where corporations are hiring those freelancers, they have to find somebody else to do the editing, whether that's somebody in house or um, they have to find another producer to kind of manage it or in an agency. It's kind of, they're having to pick up any slack there too. So I think the, just those things about connections is, is important. Um, Freelancers typically have, um, a team that they are, are used to working with. And uh, if those team members aren't available, then um, they just, just, they don't have experience as much experience working with other people. Um, and so it just, it just makes them less flexible. So it sounds like uh, you run the risk of breaking a project up amongst uh, either people who aren't used to working together or breaking it into several different phases and you start to lose the, the consistency. Mm-hmm. So what makes, what makes Myriad unique in that regard um, in terms of the different phases of a project? I think Myriad in general has... Um, we have a strong process, one that kind of gives us rooting for for every project. Um, but 
in addition, we we just got backup. We've got our producers have support inside the company. Um, if if a date needs a change and that producer doesn't happen to be available, then in many instances we can supplement them uh, on set or something like that with with someone else that can handle that shoot day just as well uh, and, and make sure that they're up to speed. So our, our producers just have great backup here. So if, if a date needs a change or if that producer has a, a personal conflict for some reason, the project can continue moving without any real impact because of those support personnel. Either another producer can step in and help fill a void for a little bit and our production coordinator um, I can help out wherever need be. There's a backup there. There's a little bit of a safety net. I think one thing that's also really powerful is our producers really know the community here. And we're looking not only for available talent, which is always, um, you know, they have to be available to, to work on the projects, but we're looking for best fits as well, like understanding uh, what DP is going to work well with a certain director that we have or uh, and what DP is really great for this particular project, even down to other support roles like uh, grips and, and audio technicians and so forth and having a myriad of <laughs> uh, additional options, you know, if, if, if people aren't available. So it's not just cobbling together the people who happen to be free that day. It's, it's finding people specifically geared at that project need. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's not just picking your best buddies too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, which is, uh, for better or worse, sometimes that, that can be great when you're working with a team over and over again, um, and, and you've got a real, uh, good bond that that's great, but sometimes that's not the best for the project. So just making sure that you've got the best team, the best person for each role that is, that needs to be played. Sure. And so at Myriad, the, the producer is the key kind of point of contact liaison, I think it's also unique and worth mentioning that for us, you know, offering strategy all the way through distribution and you would have a producer who would be seeing that project all the way through from beginning to end. That's that's pretty unique it sounds like. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, kind of going back to my point of like if when when uh, other companies or companies or agencies are hiring a freelance producer, typically that producer is managing only one component of or one phase of of the project where our producers are going to walk a client through every phase of the production. So there'll, there'll be that consistent voice throughout the project and make sure that, uh, again, expectations are set clearly at every stage and met. It's important that our producers really understand the process and mold it to what the project and the client needs. Cool. Well, to wrap up, I've got one more question for you. So if if we had to kind of describe our producer's philosophy or mentality, um, what would you say is kind of the, the, what are the main themes of how we approach work as producers at Myriad? I think we're always looking to improve. You know, I think every, with every project, you learn something. 
Uh, every project is different, and and that's what you know. I always go back to the the process that we have, the roadmap that we have is never set in concrete. You know, you always have to kind of adapt it a little bit and make changes. But producers are always anticipating and looking for those issues and potential roadblocks, and then you know understanding what is happening and what has happened to be able to improve for the next around. And then also just making sure that we're servicing the client in a way that improves the quality of their work as well and improves the quality of their marketing effort. So um, that may mean if a client comes to us with a certain plan um, and uh, our producers and our creative team uh, together are looking for ways to service that plan. But also, I mean, if there's something there that's like telling them that it would be really cool if you actually did this, we're going to advocate for something that may not have necessarily been in their plan. But if we feel pretty strongly that this would really help either this particular project or their video marketing plan, just throwing it out there and talking about it and seeing what the client thinks about it. In general, helping solve problems. Instead of we can't because of, it's how can we do this in a way that meets or exceeds the expectation? How can we versus we can't do this? Producers are are known to like think about worst case scenario and plan for that or plan around that. And we do that, but it's a tweak in the mindset. Yeah, it sounds like uh, advocate is kind of the, that's the theme that I keep hearing you come back to is they're advocating for the client, advocating for the creative team, and always looking to continually improve and evolve the work that we do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Chris. This has been fun. It's been a blast. (laughs) Talk again soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions or topics you think we should cover, hit us up. Drop us a line on myriadmedia.net or at myriadmedia on all of your favorite social media platforms. We'll be back soon with more ways video can help boost your brand's marketing impact.